Welcome to Stories of COVID, the interview project that explores what it's like to experience a global pandemic. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. It is scary and it is very real, but it's not hopeless. As I said, I changed three planes. None of them were wearing any gloves or masks. I've never seen so much support for freelancers or artists in the in the media um, as I have now. They both laid me off from just the advent of the, the outbreak. I'm anthropologist and author Veronica Kieran, and I am building an interview archive of stories and anecdotes that define this time in history to write a book preserving this experience for future generations. If you have an experience that you'd like to share, check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. Nelson Cooper was traveling in Southeast Asia when COVID-19 came on the scene. During that trip, he had to make the decision to come back to the United States, where San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York City seemed overrun, and he wasn't sure where he'd be safer. When I was in Laos, uh, I was traveling around with my partner, actually for both Laos and Cambodia. Um, and it was kind of showed up on the radar as something that was going on in China, similar to like a SARS sort of event. Um, but then once I got to Cambodia, and specifically we were in Siem Reap, we were visiting Angkor Wat, and then all of a sudden it started really exploding in China. Um, and so just overnight, like everybody started wearing masks and you couldn't find them anywhere. Uh, we went around to probably, I don't know, six different pharmacies or stores looking for masks and none of them had it. It was freaky, <laughs> yes. Especially because of that, we were traveling around a lot and we were pretty close to the China border. Um, and we were traveling a lot on like overnight buses and just like completely packed tourist buses and going everywhere. So then all of a sudden, became very aware of how close you were to everybody. So after that, I traveled to Indonesia. Um, and then Indonesia didn't have any reported cases for a long time, um, especially the island I was on, which was Bali. And so for a while, I kind of felt pretty isolated from it. Um, There's lots of people still traveling around, uh, barely anybody was wearing masks. Uh, I would always look up kind of what was going on in Indonesia and there wasn't any cases. However, a lot of people knew that those numbers weren't right because even Bali, like there was no way to even get tested on Bali. Um, there was no hospital that could do any tests. The nearest place you could go to is Java, which is the next island over. So everyone knew that those numbers were not true. It was probably about a month later in Bali and I was taking a two-week bamboo design and construction course. And that was with people from all over the world. Uh, a lot of people from Europe, um, I think there was like about 35 of us in the class, mostly from Europe, a few people from Australia. Um, and that's when all the borders started getting shut down. It was early March. And then people started freaking out because I was with them in the course. We were, we were living together, kind of living in dorms. But then people's flights started getting canceled. People started hearing about borders being shut down. And they weren't sure if they were going to get home. Some people left early to make sure that they got home on time. Um, some people started talking about staying in Bali longer and just getting a villa together and trying to wait it out. But that's when it got much more real. Um, and then at that point, that's when we started noticing everywhere in Bali having um, hand sanitizer. Um, 
every place was checking your temperature before you came in. Um, they had like these little laser guns that they'd shoot at your forehead and check your temperature. Like anything you had to go through a gate and pay entrance to, all of that was shut down, padlocked by the government. March 25th is a holiday on Bali. And not just Indonesia, but just Bali, because it's a Hindu holiday where the rest of Indonesia is Muslim. Um, so it's called Nyepi, N-Y-E-P-I. And the 24th, the day before that, is another holiday. But basically what it is, is the villages spend like weeks building these giant paper mache, like God figures. Um, and they have these massive parades. Um, and so the government canceled that because they didn't want a whole bunch of people congregating. Um, and usually, so the 24th is like this huge parade with all these gods that people make and the celebration of the gods. And then the 25th is silent day where everybody stays inside and they say like, you're kind of hiding from the demons. Like you celebrated the gods the day before, you're hiding from the demons that day and it's silent day. Um, so like, there's no electricity, there's no going out, everybody stays in. Um, and so what the government did is they canceled the parade, Silent Day went ahead as planned, and they extended Silent Day for a few more days just to keep everybody at home so that nobody was interacting with anybody. And then at that point, pretty much everything was closed after that. Because at that point, their cases had started showing up in Bali, and it's like, it's a decent sized island, but it's not huge. Um, and again, there's like, not great medical facilities in Bali. So at that point, they're just like, we're shutting this down now. All flights were getting canceled. I had three flights canceled at that point. I had a flight home already uh, for March 31st to go to a wedding. Uh, the wedding got postponed. That flight got canceled. I booked another flight for the next day. That flight got canceled. I booked another flight for the next day. That flight got canceled. And then finally I got out um, and then came back to San Francisco. It became a game of trying to figure out which route might not get canceled because my first flight was supposed to go through China and my second flight was supposed to go through Australia and I thought Australia would be fine. And then uh, Virgin Australia just shut down like operations. So that flight got canceled. Um, and then I just had another flight supposed to go through Taiwan and that got canceled and ended up getting out through Japan. The interesting thing was when I was at the Bambi course, um, which was a couple weeks before I left, and all the airports started shutting down and Trump was announcing like the flight bans from Europe. Um, my partner asked if I was thinking about coming back early um, because I had a flight out two weeks and I was like, no, I'm just gonna stay here. It seems okay here. Um, but I'm kind of glad I waited a few weeks. I mean, it was a pain in the butt to have all those flights canceled, but I saw the pictures of the airports during that time when all everything started shutting down and it was just like tens of thousands of people in an airport close together and like lines crazy. And I bet tons of people got sick from that. And when I went, there was nobody. Like I had two connecting flights, but literally my second leg of my flight, there was more flight attendants on the plane than there were passengers. There were four flight attendants and only three passengers on a seven hour flight to Japan. And I actually think it was way safer that I went a couple of weeks later than going when during the madness when I'm sure tons of people got sick and died because of it. So I thought about just like renting a villa and just staying put in Bali um, because I knew the US was getting a little crazy. And at that point, the West Coast 
like San Francisco and Washington and everything were still, they're doing much better now, but it wasn't obvious at that time that they'd be doing better. Um, and I just heard all the stories from New York. So I thought about staying, uh, but then talking with my partner and talking with people in Bali about like, how if you got sick in Bali, Bali would not be a place you'd want to be. So then I came back to the States. And it's a weird thing, especially talking with the travelers, telling them that, like, oh, if I go home, I want health insurance. And everybody's like, what? Because I was traveling around with a bunch of Europeans and they all get health insurance just for, because traveling around Southeast Asia, there are a ton of Chinese tourists everywhere. Um, usually they're in big tour groups. They kind of travel in tour groups and not, in my experience, they weren't so big on solo travel as much as they were traveling in groups. Um, and then all of a sudden that stops. Like you'd go somewhere and there were no Chinese tourists anymore. Um, and even before that, the, the weird thing, unpleasant thing is you started noticing some racism towards the Chinese tourists. Um, you'd get into, they don't really have Uber there, but they have Grab, which is basically the same thing. You get some sort of taxi. Your driver would be like, oh, thank God you're not Chinese. Um, and then it, it felt very uncomfortable, um, but they were worried about, you know, the virus coming over from China and you have all of these Chinese tourists coming in. And then one day it all stopped, like China shut the border or the other countries, I'm not sure who shut the border, someone shut the border, I think it was China shut the border. And you, before you'd go places and you'd have these big Chinese tour groups and a lot of people would kind of strategize getting there early in the morning so that you'd miss the big Chinese tour group because it's just a bunch of people. And all of a sudden you saw no more Chinese tour groups. Um, and it was kind of like that in Cambodia where all of a sudden one day everybody was wearing a mask and you couldn't find them anywhere. Just one day, all the Chinese tourists were gone and you didn't see them anymore. And then one day, Everyone was wearing a mask in Cambodia and you can find them anymore. And then one day, everything closed down in Bali. You know, it was like one day there was tons of tourists and the next day there wasn't and everybody was staying home. Um, and same thing in the airports. One day there was tons of people in the airports and then the next day nobody is in the airports. It was gradually growing, but then all this like, things would just happen so quickly, like change when like a border would close, airlines would cancel, the government would order that everything shuts down on the island. Um, so it was kind of like this weird dichotomy of like gradually growing and then instantaneously changing. Many of these traveler stories remind me of the movies, where one thing after another is crashing down behind the hero and they're just trying to get home. Nelson's story reminds me of Victor's story where borders are closing, flights are being canceled, and you are trying to make a decision about your own safety with very little information. Thank you for listening. Subscribe so that you don't miss an interview. I interview multiple people a week and I am releasing these episodes as fast as I can. And if the story meant something to you, share it because it will probably mean something to someone else. Every time you share the project, it helps the project grow. So thank you. Until next time. Stay safe, stay well.